Good morning, church. My name is Turner Googe. I'm a part of the young adults group and a roommate with Alex, so I'll be doing the reading. An Advent season is upon us. It is with joyful hearts that we enter into the seasons. As we reflect and study the season of Advent, we must first have a good posture of what brings about the birth of Jesus Christ. Today we began a journey of the Advent season looking to the Old Testament passage that helps us have a healthy lens and shows us the fulfillment of prophecy that Emmanuel has come. Our passage this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 7, 10 through 16. And the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask a sign of the Lord your God, let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to, to the test. And he said, Here then, O house of David, is, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary God also? Therefore the Lord himself will, bring, will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. Isaiah 7, 10 through 16. For those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Please join me in the response of reading God's word. All flesh is grass, and all the glory is like the flower of the fields. The flesh withers, and the father plays. Well, good morning, church. Good morning, good morning indeed. Bob had a question. Who adjusted uh, this little music stand last week? It was me, clearly. <laughs> um, man, uh, what's, what's funny is I asked Turner to, to read God's word, and I told him, I was like, introduce yourself and say something special. And uh, it's, uh, thanks be to God, my boy, the something special was that I'm your roommate. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Not about your family, praise God, I am I'm part of the family now. That's right, that's what it is. Friends, uh, as we come to worship this morning, let us posture our hearts uh, to the Lord. Let us pray. Father in heaven, you are worthy of our praise. And before a single request, Lord, we ask you to open our hearts and our minds to who you are. Lord, you are worthy of our time and attention. Speak now for your servants are listening. Use me, Lord, as we desire to dive into this word and see how this Advent season clearly shows us Emmanuel has come, God with us, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, church, uh, again, my name is Alex Solorio. I serve here on staff at First Presbyterian Church. If you do not know me, I extend my greetings, and we are so excited that you're here. We are now coming out of the fall season after some amazing Thanksgiving festivities. Uh, I don't know about you, your boy done ate, praise God. I done had me a full portion of the Lord and the table, praise God. And we got communion today too. Man, double portion of the table. We love you, God. Uh, but now as we are exiting Thanksgiving, uh, prepare yourself. Christmas is here. All of the holly jolly uh, all the Christmas songs and joy fills the air. I mean, right? I mean, that's exactly what the season's about. I mean, we all understood the assignment earlier, right, and the meaning of all these seasons. 
uh, especially as we just left. I mean, there are tons of historical influences of Thanksgiving, which I'm not going to touch on, but we clearly understand Thanksgiving as we gather with family and with loved ones to show utmost gratitude, right? And, and a mess of family just being so, so grateful. This is clearly followed by the obvious decision after which of gathering with your family in arms to throw elbows with other families for material objects that you do not yet possess, right? I mean, that's, that's what we do, right? That's what this season uh, calls us to do. But that's clearly misunderstood and not what we are supposed to do. That's not the obvious decision that we're called to. And it's not necessarily reasonable. I mean, uh, we can all try to fight over a toaster or an air fryer because it ain't going to buy itself. But I'm going to tell you, that's not it, even though air fryers are awesome. Let me tell you about it, praise God. Uh, It is after that we've gathered and talked about the things that we are grateful for, though, that we come to what we call the most wonderful time of the year. And I couldn't agree more. Let's get these tamales going. Let's get Abuelita's hot chocolate on the stove with some cinnamon. Can I get an amen? Oh, yes, God. I heard it. I heard it out there. Got the, got the hot chocolate on the stove and get bundled up with a great movie. Man, it's a good time. And uh, by the way, this is all experienced in different ways. Some of you might do gingerbread houses and, uh, you know, ugly sweaters. And maybe some of y'all are eggnog. Any eggnog fans in here? Anybody? That's good. That's y'all. That's not my ministry. God didn't call me to eggnog. It's okay, it's okay though. That's okay. Um, and also, as Christmas is upon us, uh, there's a, a very common tagline with modern evangelicals saying, we, we got to keep Christ in Christmas. And this can be sometimes just a shallow attempt to claim to embrace the suffering for the cause of Christ in the season. My friends, there is a true reason for this season. And, and this true reason helps us to embrace the joyful suffering that is for the cause of Christ. And the Advent season comes for one that helps us to recalibrate and to remind ourselves of what we believe, why we believe what we believe, and then to act on said belief. Uh, these, in these coming weeks, you are going to hear the heart of the Advent season, and the hope is that we would continue to grow in maturity as we see how Jesus the Messiah has come to the world. It means so much more than candy canes and peppermint bark. It is far more than the gifts that we receive and the ones that we give. It is even more than our childish mentality sometimes of just wondering, what does this just mean for me? God's story is far greater than that. And it is when we can truly take a seat and dwell in the Lord that it amplifies your joy for Christmas better than you could have ever imagined. And I want you, church, to experience this season for all that it's worth. And this is why this is not my word that we turn to or my ideas, but what Scripture tells us. Let us continue to look at this text and see that God the Father tells us about the Messiah he will send, Emmanuel. We will look at Emmanuel beginning, uh, being in the image of God in three ways, in his presence, in his authority, in his mission to save, in his mission to save humanity by fulfilling his promises. First, as we look at the image of God and his presence, uh, there is so much, really quickly, as we look at his presence, there is so much importance to a name. Uh, many times in scripture, the name of an individual directly shapes the life 
that they live. Uh, in this case, it is the creator and the author himself speaking about himself. In the context of this text, we see God speaking through Isaiah to King Ahaz, the king of Judah. And at this time of great conflict, one side of, uh, on the one side of Judah uh, is Israel and Syria inviting, uh, inviting and threatening to invade Judah if they do not join them in the fight against the great Assyrian Empire. I personally think this is a really weird way of in inviting somebody into a battle. Hey, join us or we're going to beat you up. And be like, hold on, wait a minute now. I mean, do I have other options? Well, there is another option that Ahaz explores. Knowing the might of Assyria, he was tempted to join Assyria. But deep down, we know that Assyria were, were, was not in support for those that worship Yahweh, the God that we serve. So, as they are in the midst of a rock and a hard place, in, in between, in the midst of great conflict, is what brings us to our text today. When we think about the Imago Dei, we normally would reference it in the creation of mankind uh, and the value and the purpose of which God has for his creation. Likewise, when we look at this text and reflect on Jesus, we come to a greater understanding of his value and his purpose according to the Father who has sent him. There was great conflict in the land of Israel and Judah the north and the south, the people of God uh, that had been disobedient, leading and ruling in their own ways, uh, rebelling and blaspheming the name of the Lord. And thus, uh, the Lord had used some minor prophets to prepare the people for the judgment that was to come. And Isaiah, who we deem a major prophet, is with the people in the midst of this time. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and thus... When you see this time of crisis, what you seek in this time of crisis, and when you're in times of crisis, what do you seek in the time of hurt, pain, and confusion? Church, you seek hope. Hope in healing. Hope in restoration. Hope in redemption. Hope in salvation. Thus the Lord in a stern word and judgment gives one. Thus a virgin will conceive there it says in Isaiah chapter 7. And his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Presence. Presence, church. He is coming. And this is not a, just a cute tale of a baby in the manger, which is very, very beautiful in your front lawns or in your, in your houses or on your screens and things like that. I mean, that's really beautiful. But this is far greater than just, just, than just those images. Church, I need you to see that this is the author himself, the one that was present when the stars were placed in the sky, the creator of all good things that were when created uh, in the garden. It was all for perfect communion with the triune. God. This is the author, the creator, God himself coming to you. He's coming to you. And he answers, and it's part of the answer to the question one of the Westminster Catechism. What is man's chief end? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. A two-parter of one answer. What is man's chief end? To glorify God. Because he is God. Author and to enjoy him forever, which is why we celebrate 
This is why we celebrate. In the midst of this crisis, God promised himself, his presence. And just like when a a person of prominence walks into the room, all eyes are on him and the joy swells up in our hearts that our God sees us, he hears his people and Emmanuel has come. We rejoice because the comforter has entered the story, has entered the picture when he, when he brings his authority to save. The prophecy was one that Emmanuel will come, which brings us to our second point, authority. Now you would be right by taking notice that this gives way to this point, authority. That Emmanuel is the Imago Dei, that in all of his authority and all of his authority comes with it. This is where we look to the book of Matthew, uh, which is widely used in chapter one, and it reads, "But he, uh, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Joseph, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for which." is conceived in hers of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And, he, and this all took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. There are multiple ways that we can see the Imago Dei's authority in this time. The authority of using the marginalized, the authority of using a virgin to bring about the Savior through the Holy Spirit, the authority of challenging those worldly kings who are fearing because they are threatened that the King of Kings has finally come. All of these, church, would be absolutely correct and would be worthy of exploring. However, today, the authority that we are looking to directly ties to the value and the purpose of the Messiah. The value is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, coming to save you. So then the question is, to save you from what? To save you from what? We must be reminded that in all his authority, the saving isn't just from the enemy, Right, because the enemy's already been defeated, right? Boom, chop to the juggler. That's Jesus for you, let's go. Enemy, enemy has no power, right? I'm there to fight. With uplifted spirits, we cry out, for if he is with us, who is against us, right? But what Jesus saves you from is the judgment that is justified because of your sin. This is directly pointed to the garden from Genesis chapter three, that is, that is the issue that separated us from God in the first place, our sin. And injustice was done in the garden and in our lives, and all have fallen short. We see that, we read this in Romans 3. And now God has a plan to reconcile to us, to himself, though, uh, though he uh, used man through the scriptures. It was obvious that man could not save themselves. Thus, God, can't, God has come himself to respond to the issue of sin. And I pray that in this first week of Advent, that you would see this tremendous 
gift, that joy would well up in your hearts, that you would be so excited to know that this gift was given to you, church. It is Jesus and his authority that is the one to save you from your sin. He is the only one that has authority and sovereignty to do so. And we celebrate that. And just as, as the presence steps into the room and it commands authority that Jesus is there, so Jesus walks also into the courtroom of our own trial. And as we stand before a righteous and holy God, guilty on our own, God full of grace sends his son Jesus to take our place and justify us. Christmas is Christ entering into the courtroom and everyone takes notice that everything has changed and nothing will be the same, amen? What a gift of love that he would not leave us to our ruin. He would not leave us to our ruin, but intentionally takes our place, which brings us to our last point, church. The Imago Dei in his image, his image of his mission to save humanity and fulfill his promises. His promises, church. Emmanuel, God with us in Jesus to save us from our sin. And it is because he is first a promise keeper. He keeps his promise. God promised and he responded. He made a covenant with his people and to those he called to bring about the mission of God. This is why when we look back in Isaiah and he's finishing talking about the coming of Emmanuel, he describes him shortly after in chapter 9. And it reads as follows. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. The governments shall be upon his shoulders, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of increase of his government and peace will have no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Church, that fires me up. This is the image that we are given when we look at Emmanuel and as we celebrate Advent. This is the one that we see, a wonderful counselor. And this language and translation is one of a court advisor which is fitting, seeing that we needed him, and he justifies us, for he is just and justifier. Mighty God, not to be compared with any false idols, graven images that are dead, but fully alive and unsovereign over all things, there is none above him. Thus his name, God, mighty God, Everlasting Father, who is warm and welcoming and invites us into union with him and showers us with so much love. Firmly declared by Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 18, saying, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you. I'm coming for you. 
the Prince of Peace, in whom we confide and take comfort. As said in Ephesians chapter 2, for he himself is our peace, reconciling us on the cross. And the, to complete the mission of which we have faith and living hope, church, that he will come again and establish a kingdom that has no end. The former things will pass, and behold, he will make all things new. Advent directs our hearts to this. Church Emmanuel has come. Jesus the Messiah has come. And this is the reason that we celebrate, for the author has entered the story. Church Christ in this season is calling you to remember. Christ is calling you to his mission. We, lose, we sometimes can lose drive to share the gospel. We can sometimes lose determination to be invitational, to ask, you sit right next to me and let me love you and introduce you to this Jesus. We often lose passion for mission when we do not understand or fully comprehend why God sent his son, Christ Jesus, in the first place. Church, my hope is that you would be filled with so much joy, just as much joy as we just talked about them tamales and this fall season, putting decorations up, gathering with family and friends, getting all holly jolly. My prayer is this, is that your love for Christ would so overwhelm that, because now that you know the reason for the season, it'll amplify the way that you love people well, that you would also be able to be the hands and feet in your communities and to invite others just as Pastor Scott just preached, and I invite you to hear his sermon that he preached this morning. And just as he said in the title of his sermon, that you would be one to say, come and see. Come and see this Emmanuel. Let us step into Advent with hearts of joy and compassion rooted in truth. And as we kick off this Advent season, we close with the words of St. Augustine saying, the maker of man became man, that he, the ruler of the stars, might be nourished at his mother's breast, that he, the bread, might hunger, that he, the fountain, might thirst, that he, the light, might sleep, that he, the way, might be wearied by his journey, that he, the truth, might be accused of false witnesses, that he, the judge of the living and the dead, might be brought to trial by mortal judge, that he, justice, might be condemned by the unjust, that he, the discipline, might be scourged by whips, that he, the foundation, might be suspended on the cross, and the courage might be weakened, and the healer might be wounded, and that life may die. And he endured all of this to fulfill his promises and save us. What a beautiful gift as we talk about this Advent season. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Let us pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this wondrous and beautiful day. We ask the Lord that 
as we reflect on this word and as we heard the word Emmanuel, the name Emmanuel, we pray that it would so compel us to be disciples, so compel us to be inviting, so compel us to love others the way that you first loved us. Father, we ask that you would continue to to help draw us to be the hands willing to serve in this season, feet willing to draw near to those that are hurting, a heart of compassion for those that do not yet know you, eyes to see the brokenness, and ears to hear those that cry out to you. Lord, let us be your disciples. Lord, we acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge your authority. And Lord, we receive and see your mission. And we ask that we would be the people of God on mission of God. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And God's children said, amen.